Welcome to another episode of This Is My Generation, a podcast full of information for parents in the early years of homeschooling who are seeking clarity and encouragement to get through the uncertainty of homeschooling and build a thriving education for their family. I'm Dr. Melanie Bisson, the founder and owner of Generation, a company transforming education for the six plus million parents now paving their own educational path for their kids, the next generation. We do this through our group coaching program, Harvest, where parents sow seeds of clarity in their vision and goals, reap the fruits that come from being aligned in your approach and programs, stay rooted in empowerment and thrive together in community. You can follow us on Instagram at underscore this is my generation. Hello, and welcome back, y'all, to the third episode of This Is My Generation. I was excited, but also nervous to batch upload a few episodes with this podcast launch before getting feedback from you guys, like my audience. But I also know as a listener and podcast fan that I like to get a feel for more than one episode. So I'm glad you're here, whether this is your first listen or you're hopping in on this episode. Um, I would say welcome, you know, from sunny Florida, but we're in that mid to end July thunderstorm all the time, whenever it wants zone. So I still have a pitter patter of rain in the background and a little bit of sun peeking through. But I wanted to record this one now because as we approach the fall season, I think so many of us parents have made the decision to homeschool or watching and observing others in their preparations. And this is a huge step, by the way. So congrats, like you're in good company. <laughs> um, but we're, we're in the zone right now, right? So whether you're down here in the South, where I am, and you know, kids are going back to school in my gosh, like two weeks, or if you're up North, which is where I'm originally from. And if you listen to the first episode, you learned like I moved back and forth a lot. Um, uh, East Coast, weird sort of combination. I say wicked and y'all in the same sentence. It's very confusing. But they don't go back until like Labor Day, usually. So wherever you fall in this fall season, I didn't even plan that, I swear. Um, This is a good time for this episode. So, you know, when I say you're in good company, I like to point out that since 2020, like since COVID, the reported number of homeschoolers in the U.S. have doubled. So like when I was doing my doctoral research and I'd started like my literature review, which is the very lengthy process of combing through all of the research and existing studies on this topic and, and where I was going, I was doing homeschool decision making. But <clears throat> it was, I think my research states like 3.1 million and that, and, it, and again, when you do a number of homeschooling students or families, um, you always have to remember that because of truancy laws and stuff, like it is usually very underreported number because it goes by census, like the U.S. Um, Department of Education and their census information. It doesn't capture a lot of the homeschoolers that are off the map. Um, and if you're one of them, hey. But so you got like nearly 4.3 million homeschool students, but we kind of estimate it's more like six plus million. I say that a lot. Like you can imagine more and more resources and information are being flooded into online spaces in your newsfeed. And I know I'm feeling it as a first year homeschooling mom. And although I've spent the last many years studying homeschool decision-making and working with families on their early journey, like just the amount of programs and curriculum and things that my mind has to process based on search results and advertisements and stuff is just, it's too much. It's too much, y'all. 
So the goal of this episode is to help ensure that you have all of the essential information to embark on a successful homeschooling year and just sort this all out. Remember, homeschooling has no rule book. Rather, I like to say trusted guidelines and best practices from decades of research and experts. So let's get into it. The six things you need to know this fall to help plan for your homeschooling. One, understanding your why. If you stick around here or if you visit our website, thisismygeneration.com, you will notice a theme, and that's my passion for this foundational part of homeschooling. So before diving in, I believe that it is crucial to identify your reasons and goals. You know, we wouldn't start a business without a goal. I mean, maybe you would, but you'd find out fast that choosing what things to spend money on should probably correlate to a goal if you actually want to be profitable. And, you know, like we're told that in our jobs, you know, past or present or in our own schooling and our own education in the past, or, you know, maybe you're into athletics or fitness pursuits and whatever you're doing. Like, but we sort of skip over that goal setting with homeschooling sometimes. And I talked about this in the last episode a little bit, but I think it's because we come into our decision to homeschool with the reasons that we're leaving traditional school and then get excited by the process of getting started that we sort of like jump into curriculum and program selection and and whatnot without taking a step to back up and say, okay, but what do I want my kid's education to be? Like, I know that I don't want it. I know what I don't want it to be. But what do I believe about education and why? So what reflections do you have from your own experience as a child and student that you want or don't want to repeat for your child? What are your aspirations for your child's education? You know, by clarifying your why, you'll have a more clear vision that will guide your decision making and keep you motivated throughout the homeschooling process. And I'll note that this, you know, quote unquote, why should also include your educational philosophy which again, is just your beliefs about education and your approach to homeschooling. So see episode two, I tried to sort of like structure this with some meaning, but we have a free guide on our website called the Pathfinder Guide that walks through this in a very introductory way. And we dive deep with our our group coaching program, of course, Harvest, which again, I would be irresponsible if I didn't mention that the doors open on September 25th, but you know, you can journal it, you can vision board it, like whatever works for you. But it's a good place to start before getting too far into the unknown. You know, I I touched on this a little bit with the math curriculum and my friend Liz in the last episode. But like, you know, I can say I quote unquote know better, but like my just my own decisions and inclination to rush into things um, have been a big part of, of me starting out on this journey. You know, like I'll see something that I really like and I'll just go down that path and say like, oh, yeah, I want to use this. And it's only 30 bucks, so I'll buy it. And then it's like, okay, well, how am I actually going to implement that into the stuff and the plans that I already have? Because again, he's five. So I purposely don't want to have a lot of time spent on homeschooling because a big reason that I made we, 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 it's not just me. It's my podcast. I get that. But like every decision that when I say I, it's my husband and I like, please know that, honey. (laughs) um that we've made in this like the re the re one big reason let me back up that we decided to pull josiah out because again he did vpk but the school that he was at was a joint preschool kindergarten and first grade classroom because it was a new private school that was starting out and so they were progressing at their own pace like according to the learner 
But Josiah was taking to all the kindergarten stuff well, so they just they just kept doing it. And before I even had any idea, he had already completed the entire state of Florida kindergarten curriculum. And, you know, passed the little tests or whatever. But, like, he, if he had been six years old, like, it would have been no problem, like, enrolling him in first grade in another school. So it sort of put this put us in this predicament of like, well, like we definitely do the homeschooling now, which like I had always known God was calling us to do. I just wasn't sure on the timing and how long I was going to keep him in traditional school. Um, <clears throat> but I also had a big problem with the lack of play that they had. And so while this school was incredible with their amount of academic rigor, and like, I know Josiah is ahead for his age and like, you know, math and, and like reading and stuff like that didn't mean anything to us because he was coming home happy and fine. Like he was doing soccer practices and like he jumped to the church with Aaron, my husband and stuff. But like they maybe got like 15 minutes of outside time and they never brought home any projects like it stressed didn't stress me out. It made me really sad because like, I don't have any really memorable, amazing like crafts and stuff from like Christmas or Easter or like anything to really save. And I had a ton of that at his preschool in Massachusetts where he went from, from three to four. Um, and so anyways, that was just like one of the things. And so like, I I was good about that decision and about him having a lot more like playtime and free time and stuff here at the house. But then I was jumping into like little programs and things to add on to CC our classical conversations co-op. And it's like, that's already going to be a lot. And it's a big adjustment for both of us because I am tutoring. So it's my first year with Josiah homeschooling, but it's also my first year as a tutor. That's what we call teachers there when we go Tuesday morning with our community and our co-op. So it's like, I didn't, I don't need to rush into any of that. I needed to back up, understand my why and let that evaluate things. So long-winded version. Okay. Two, second thing you need to know, tailoring education, homeschooling allows us to tailor our kids' education to their unique needs, interests, and learning preferences. Preferences. Remember I said in the last episode, we try to move away from saying learning style, like your kid can only learn in one way, but that it's rather a preference. So reminder, a whole other episode coming on that soon where we debunk, you know, having a fixed learning style. But the goal is to embrace the freedom and flexibility that we have as home educators and create a personalized curriculum. So we get to select resources that resonate with our kids and foster a love for learning that goes beyond just traditional classroom settings. So I advise not to jump into curriculums just because they worked for someone else, right? Take your philosophy and approach to homeschooling. And, you know, again, that doesn't have to be formal, like journal it, jot it down, just have some ideas that are your guide, not your ride. Like we talked about last time, it doesn't have to be like this full structure, like I can't see peripherally into other things, but like have something that's guiding you to the point where you see a program or curriculum and you're like, no, I know that's not for me because I've already established like this type of philosophy or approach to education. And, you know, you take that and contrast it against the beliefs and approach of that curriculum or that, you know, provider program, whatever. And then you get to just observe your, your child's learning preferences and examine 
your parenting style, your availability, you know, how intimately involved do you want to be with planning lessons and then go from there. And so I mentioned this, but, you know, a friend of mine, Liz, had to like recently remind me as I was looking at math curriculums for Josiah that like, I'm really getting to know him as a learner. And like, I can just use modules from the state. In this case, she was showing me the New York State Engaged modules because it's free to access and print and it'll give me a chance to assess for myself where he's at and how he learns because I really have no idea. I can look at all these assessments and like he can give me, you know, okay, 17 plus, you know, six, like quickly, but like how did he learn that? Like he can tell me like he just doesn't in his head, but it came from somewhere initially, right? But the point is that like there are free resources and things to dabble in before spending hundreds of dollars on something that's going to frustrate, potentially frustrate us both and then make you locked into like this lost fallacy where you've spent this money and now you need to see it through, right? So like make it work for you is the takeaway here. Three, creating structure. This one was always a little bit controversial, I guess, in the sense that like some parents are inclined to go mimic a public school schedule. And they just have a harder time getting out of that mindset that homeschool can and should intentionally be different. And again, if that is your decision, based on a lot of situational factors, then that is okay, too. Okay, it's not like any one choice is acceptable or not. But on the other side are families who prefer like no schedule and just go with the flow. And I fall somewhere in the middle and believe like that truly establishing like some type of structured routine is vital for a good successful homeschooling experience. Because again, you can unschool, but still have a degree of order and structure. So just because you don't have a formal curriculum doesn't mean that you have like a total disregard for like any order in your home, right? Like we don't run, again, our businesses or our homes just willy nilly hoping for the best, like planning your weeks or months, setting specific learning goals and creating a conducive learning environment should be included in this structure. Like really it's the bones or the framework of it all. So a structure provides that stability, and in this application, I think, like, can aid in fostering discipline, maximizing productivity, but, and again, this is a big but, because I think you might have already heard me mention it if you're following along in order, this does not mean Pinterest or stress. If that is your deal and you have the capacity for it, like, that is amazing, that is great, I probably have a little bit of envy. But in its simplest form, we are talking about just planning with a specific purpose in mind and doing so with intention and consistency, okay? Like, you don't need the fancy Etsy homeschooling planner. If you like it, that's cool. But, like, you don't need the things that you see others having. Like, and I create this structure idea to consistency and infant sleep training. Okay, so we did, uh, we followed like BabyWise, which is a sleep program, consultant, whatever. Um, But the point is that we followed it with consistency and regularity so that when we needed to depart from it, you know, if we had somebody in town and we wanted to have them out late, if we wanted to go to the Bible study at the church for the whole family, like whatever it was. We could take him out of it if we were traveling. We didn't get to do that a whole lot at at their ages, just COVID and some other things. But like if we were traveling, whatever changes happened, like we could take him out of it 
And he would hop right back into it because we had created this umbrella, this structure, and we kept consistent with it. And so the goal is something that you can look to but not be held hostage to. So again, whether it's a homeschool approach or a schedule, let it be your guide and not your ride. We are not in a traditional school where like rigidity is the game. Okay. So four, tapping into resources. Homeschooling doesn't mean that you have to do it alone. I think we all know that, but I know like for me, sometimes just hopping into local groups to explore, explore, excuse me, can be overwhelming. Like I'm definitely turning this corner where sure, like I would like to make new friends, but I definitely don't need them. And so I can sort of like push off opportunities that would be good for me and be a supportive resource because I don't want to be like bothered or like quote unquote start over, you know, like having to tell someone all about my life story. Um, And that's just not fair to what I'm trying to achieve with my homeschooling and my goals and what I want for Josiah. So if you're like me, Maybe that's, you know, just some online courses and educational websites that you resonate with. You know, hopefully we will become one of those, a generation. Or maybe it's just committing to like faithful attendance to local libraries and homeschooling communities. Like there are countless tools and support networks to enhance your child's learning experience. But it does unfortunately require all of the effort from you because, you know, again, you'll hear this common thread from me a lot, but compare these networks to your beliefs and approach to homeschooling to ensure a good fit and prevent burnout and overwhelm because it's much more likely you'll find a place where people you enjoy if you have a feeling for what they ascribe to from the start. So for me, like I knew a co-op needed to be strongly rooted in my Christian faith so that I could be confident speaking about what drives us, you know, as a family But I didn't have that same stipulation when finding a group to hang out with in the community on like park days or something similar. Like I just wanted good hearted people and I like having diversity and variety in the people that I interact with. So like know what you're looking for before you start to overwhelm yourself. But at the end of the day, like you do want to tap into those resources and you should. Number five. We're on things to know. (laughs) Embracing flexibility. So this one kind of relates to that infant sleep analogy, but like we know homeschooling offers the freedom to customize your kid's education, right? We can adapt to our children's changing needs. Like that's the awesome part. So embrace the flexibility this fall, especially early on to explore different teaching methods, adjust your approach as necessary, and really just seize the opportunity for experiential or hands-on learning, like anything that traditional schools may not provide. And like one tip is to be, one tip is to be consistent enough so that your child has expectations and you have an easy to follow path, but at the same time, be flexible enough to pivot when something else comes up. You know, you got a new interest of theirs, a family crisis, vacation, a new community thing. Like it doesn't have to be a departure from what you're doing unless there are tears. Tears equals time to change. <laughs> Dr. Katie's going to, our lead coach in the Harvest program, talks about this and and she'll mention it with her experience with her daughter, but like we're not forcing anything to a box. Um, <clears throat> you know, so if they're struggling with like a subject matter and you're seeing tears about it, that's different from like maybe tears on motivation and like, the struggle with like a parental authority dynamic. And like, we're going to cover that in the future and in our harvest program as well. So stay tuned there, but use your philosophy, 
your educational beliefs as the lens to make decisions about new opportunities and just embrace that flexibility. And then the last one is just nurturing social connections. The single-handed best line that I ever heard from one of my participants in my research study was forced association does not equal socialization. Let that sink in. Forced association does not equal socialization. It's quite literally like the only answer you'll ever need for judgments about socialization because it's the idea that like just because they're in a room with peers their age for eight hours a day does not mean that they're socializing in healthy and mind-engaging mind engaging ways, right? Homeschooling gives us the freedom to involve multiple generations, to be thoughtful about how and whom we nurture those relationships with, finding connection opportunities. So do everything you can while you can to figure out your fit. Engage with local homeschooling communities, participate in co-ops, join a virtual meeting, take advantage of extracurriculars. You know, Josiah is involved in soccer and hockey. Like none of those things need to be done at the school level, like with a traditional school. We have a, granted, he's not doing hockey. And and I, I, I call it hockey. Oh my gosh. Hockey loosely. Anyways, because he's really just learning how to skate. He wanted to because of Massachusetts. So again, there's the poor Massachusetts kid. He was born here, but then spent his second and third year of life in Massachusetts. And we got to watch our um, AHL team go to the Stanley Cup. And so he was all into it. We came down here, but the Iceplex is like 25 minutes away. My point is that like, it's an Iceplex with lessons. He's on a rec soccer team that's available like to everyone in the community. And there's like four of those. And I know it's Florida and it's outdoor. And like, maybe if you're in Montana, that's not necessarily the case. But the point is like, there's so much to take advantage of. And, you know, if you do none of those, like just park days and running errands is a lot in and of itself. It would also be irresponsible of me if I didn't mention that, you know, us a generation are more than happy to fill this gap for you. You know, the founding members in this inaugural cohort, I think, are undoubtedly going to create friendships and supportive, like social connections, if nothing else. Um, But nurture those social connections and remember that, you know, that that's, that's, that's your line to if anybody says, well, what about socialization? You know, I, I think I'll probably do a whole episode on that. But forced association does not equal socialization. So just nurture the opportunity to get involved elsewhere. All right. So we went through six things to know this fall as you're getting started. This is obviously not everything there is to it. It's not meant to be. I know the intricacies of homeschooling can be overwhelming. We're going to talk about this a lot on the show. So take what you can from today's show. Break it down into information that's a little actionable step for you, or just let it all soak in for later. doesn't matter. We are committed to empowering parents like you with the knowledge, resources, and support that you guys need just for a successful homeschooling journey. So reach out. Um, I say this. Don't be afraid to like DM us on, on Instagram, underscore this is my generation. Send us an email, melanie at thisismygeneration.com. Um, we don't want you to navigate the homeschooling journey alone. So if you have a question or a misunderstanding or something about we talked about, like reach out. It's cool. We would love to chat, rate us, all that good jazz. Until next time. Thank you. 
If this is resonating with you and you want to be free of the uncertainty and overwhelm, then hop on over to thisismygeneration.com, join the waitlist for our harvest program, or check out our early bird special. Doors open September 25th, and myself and Dr. Katie Scott are very excited to help parents get out of their head and get in sync with their homeschool vision and plans. Our four-step process of sowing seeds of clarity, reaping the fruits of alignment, staying rooted in empowerment, and thriving in community include all the concrete ways to overcome the common mindset challenges homeschool parents face and move you into a growth mindset that will trade the uncertainty and overwhelm for calm confidence. And don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast and follow us on Instagram at underscore this is my generation.